Greetings, listeners. You have found hope. This is the Bridge to Hope podcast, Finding Hope. I'm Alyssa, and this is Coltra. Today, we are going to recap some of what we have already covered in previous episodes and give suggestions for other topics you can research or learn more about. This will be the last episode in this series, but there could be more that come out in the future. We have covered a lot in this series. We started by discussing teen dating violence, domestic abuse, sexual assault, child abuse. Then we got into talking about mental health, pride, relationships, boundaries, sex, and human trafficking. We had some amazing guests that were able to provide us with a lot of practical tips, and some were even willing to share their own stories of perseverance and survival. Overall, we want you to remember that abuse can take many forms and can look very different in each situation. Sometimes we can clearly recognize abuse. Other times it is subtle but impactful. Abuse is never the victim's fault. There is nothing they did to deserve it, and there is no way to justify abuse. I also wanted to touch on trauma and its impact in general. Trauma occurs when a person is overwhelmed by events or circumstances and responds with intense fear and helplessness. Complex trauma results from the problem of an individual's exposure to multiple or prolonged traumatic events. These events are typically of an interpersonal nature, such as psychological maltreatment, neglect, physical and sexual abuse. Uh, And that comes from Van der Kolk, written in 2005. 70% of adults in the United States have experienced some type of traumatic event at least once in their lives. Trauma can show in your body in a lot of different ways, through headaches, backaches, stomach aches, fear, depression, anxiety, mood swings, uh, self-blame, survivor guilt and shame, or diminished interest in everyday activities. Like I said, trauma can happen from, from a single exposure to an overwhelming event, such as a rape, death of a loved one, or natural disaster. Trauma can also come from prolonged exposure to traumatizing situations such as exposure to violence, bullying, neglect, or anything in similar of a similar nature. Uh, crossover trauma happens when um, a single traumatic event has long-lasting effects, such as a mass shooting, car accident, or refugee dislocation. If you have experienced trauma in any of its many forms, Here are some resources that may be helpful to you. We will also link these in the show notes. So there is the National Sexual Assault Hotline, which is RAINN, so R-A-I-N-N, and that website is www.rainn.org. And then the Suicide Prevention and Crisis Intervention Organization, that is for LGBTQ young people. And it is under the website of www.thetrevorproject.org. So that was www.thetrevorproject.org. We also have the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And you can find that at www.thehotline.org. Love is Respect is a national teen dating abuse hotline that you can find at www.loveisrespect.org. There's a National Human Trafficking Hotline at humantraffickinghotline.org. A National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is at suicideprevectionlifeline.org. 
And then there is also a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration helpline. You can find that at www.samhsa.gov. You can also call us. We are 24-7 confidential and free service at thebridgetohope.org. And you can call us at 715-235-9074 or text us at 715-505-3640. In our previous episodes, we covered many different forms of abuse, uh, but there were some topics that we didn't discuss that we want to touch on before wrapping this up. One of the things that we didn't mention, or had probably mentioned but didn't really get in depth on, is elder abuse. Elder abuse is any of the forms of abuse that we have talked about previously, uh, where the victim is elderly. We often see elder abuse taking the form of neglect or exploitation of money or other income. Elder abuse, unfortunately, is primarily done by other family members or people that that elderly person trusts to take care of them. Um, So that could be anybody from somebody that is hired or from somebody that, that they are related to. Stalking is another topic that we touched on, but really didn't get in depth on. Stalking is is really intense and really scary. Stalking kind of takes the form of any continued unwanted contacts or, you know, the, the implication that there was some type of contact. So that might mean that somebody is leaving a you know, a card or a gift for you um, somewhere where they know that you will receive it. And that may seem like a nice gift and your coworkers may seem confused why you're freaking out that you got flowers delivered to you at work. But that may actually be because you are being stalked and this person is trying to intimidate you and show that they are following you and keeping tabs on you. Stalking can also be seen as, you know, driving by the house, stopping by, and doing anything to just kind of show the victim that that the stalker won't leave them alone. Stalking can also be any time that somebody repeatedly calls you, repeatedly texts you, makes fake accounts on social media to get a hold of you, or anything like that. And so, you know, it's not just a single instance of somebody trying to get a hold of you or contacting you. It's a repeated pattern of trying to invade your life and invade your personal space. Traumatic brain injury and trauma on the brain is another big topic that we could spend hours and hours talking about. So shaken baby syndrome, um, CTE, abusive head trauma, they all are a form of traumatic brain injury. And traumatic brain injury leads to memory gaps and other concussion-like symptoms. It can also lead to ongoing health issues and challenges with memory or focus. Here's some information that can be found on Brain Injury Association of America website, and this is written by Fern Gilkerson. A domestic violence survivor with TBI may not be able to make safe choices or hold a job. It may be impossible to pay attention and complete tasks. Survivors may have anxiety or depression and as a means of coping, develop a substance use disorder. TBI may affect how they relate to their children and other family members. 
They may have trouble finding the right words, having patience, and managing stress and emotions. They may also struggle with reduced memory, thinking speed, confusion, sleeplessness, or you know, sleepiness. Pregnant domestic violence survivors may not be able to meet nutritional requirements due to appetite changes from the traumatic brain injury, and they may remember they may have trouble remembering uh, prenatal appointments because of those cognitive changes. A survivor whose brain has been injured may be at risk for other types of abuse and the compounding effects such as neglect, isolation, sexual abuse, inability to go to appointments, access food, or other resources. It is important not to blame domestic abuse survivors for their issues as being a result of being abused. The trauma-informed perspective of what has happened to them, not what is wrong with them, is the most helpful in how we can help somebody who has experienced a traumatic brain injury, who has been a victim of any of these abuses that we have talked about. Another big topic that we could spend a lot of time on is strangulation. Strangulation is highly indicative of a partner killing another. Personally, I think that we should be treating strangulation as attempted murder because you, you know, if you're strangling somebody, you could be either centimeters or seconds away from killing somebody. And so it's it's really kind of crazy that we don't treat it as seriously as, as we should be, especially when we know strangulation leads to intimate partner homicide. And one of the things with strangulation is that there's not always physical evidence. Strangulation is intensely personal. You have to be, you know, on top of somebody or face-to-face -face with somebody to be able to strangle them. But that doesn't always mean that there's marks or bruises or anything like that. Somebody could be strangled near to death and not show any signs of bruises, um, you know, no blood vessels popped in their eyes or any type of markings on their face that would show that there was a strangulation. A lot of times evidence of strangulation may not show up for a day or two, and there's actually a special technology that you can use to take photographs of a victim that show the trauma underneath the skin, which is a really cool way to help prove strangulation in cases where, to the naked eye, there's no physical evidence. Another topic that we can talk about and address is victim rights. Chapter 950 in the Wisconsin statute outlines the rights afforded to victims by the state of Wisconsin. Victim rights do vary slightly state to state. Generally, they protect the right for victims to testify at a trial and to give their victim impact statement uh, to tell the court and tell the public how they've been impacted by, by the crime. Victims have a right to compensation and the right to privacy. Victims don't have to be part of the criminal process if they choose not to be. Um, you know, there are times where they're subpoenaed and they're supposed to be um, speaking in court, but a lot of times the district attorney's office may be able to work with them and find a way that they can still protect their privacy with still getting their voice and side of the story heard in court. Another really big issue that we haven't been able to talk about in our previous episodes is women's access to healthcare and maternal health. This is a really big one right now. There is a war on women's bodies and their ability to meet basic needs for themselves. Denying access to abortion is a form of reproductive coercion, which itself is a form of sexual abuse. 
Anytime that somebody is denied birth control or their birth control is tampered with, it is abuse. This is an issue beyond any personal or religious values. This is an issue about women's rights and bodily autonomy. Beyond access to abortion and birth control, the United States is in a maternal mortality crisis. This means that our maternal death rate is the highest of high income or developed countries. And these deaths are preventable. In the United States, women of reproductive age are significantly more likely to have problems paying their medical bills or skip or delay needed medical care because it simply costs too much. In the United States, women of reproductive age have among the highest rate of multiple chronic conditions and the highest rate of mental health needs. And so I got those facts from the article Health and Healthcare for Women of Reproductive Age, and that can be found on the Commonwealth Fund website. There's also what we know as the pink tax. And so this is the idea um, or the reality in which we see men's hygiene products being priced lower and marketed at a lower price than similar or identical items that are marked um, at more expensive prices for women. You know, think about razors, shaving cream, hair products, you know, pretty much everything. Women pay more for all of these products. Anytime that these products are marketed towards women, they typically cost more than the similar identical men's products. Let, let's not forget about this huge shortage of formula that we've been seeing and talking about. It's absolutely dominated the news. Another shortage that I was just made aware of was tampons. Supply chain management is mostly run by men, and we can see that impact in the ways that women are unable to access health products and food for their children that they obviously need and are basic needs. I also want to mention and make clear that these issues disproportionately affect and impact anybody who is a person of color or LGBTQIA+. Women of color are 30% of the maternal mortality rate, which, which is insane because that's three times their percentage of, um, of the United States population. Um, you know, they should not be dying in such high numbers. You know, and these issues also impact um, and negate experiences of anybody who is LGBTQIA plus identifying. You know, a lot of times these issues really overlook these populations even though these issues so clearly impact these populations more than um, cis white women. So with finalizing our podcast, we are going to recommend some other podcasts. That way you can still have something to listen to in your free time. Glennon Doyle has a podcast called We Can Do Hard Things. Also, there's a podcast by Brene Brown called Unlocking Us. And then I also found some other podcasts that were recommended by a lot of other people called Happier with Gretchen Rubin. And then also there was Soberful, the podcast with Veronica Valley and Chip Sommers. There's also another podcast I like called Criminal with Phoebe Judge. And that podcast is not so much self-help, but definitely talks about a lot of different issues in the criminal justice world that we maybe don't think about.
After talking about all these heavy topics and everything going on in the world right now, it is very important to practice self-care every day. So whether that means going to therapy, going for a walk, or just saying no when you're invited to things or asked to do more than you can handle. This sadly brings us to the end of our episode and to our series today. Like we had said, there may be more episodes that come out in the future, but at this time, we will not be posting any more episodes. We encourage you all to take what we have talked about in this series and use it in your daily life. Pay attention when things don't feel right, or when you think somebody is in trouble. Educate yourself on these and other social issues. There are a lot of barriers, challenges, and nuances you may not even realize that exist within these topics. When we know about these topics and are aware of the unique challenges that surround them, you can better help yourself and advocate for others. Be there for others. Stand up and speak out when you know something isn't okay. We don't expect that you will suddenly change the world, but you can help make the world a better place by understanding these issues and speaking up and showing your support for survivors. We hope that you have gained a lot of knowledge from us in our discussions. Take care and thank you for stopping by. Do some good out there.